Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yo, 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 LA, what up? I'm your host, Parday. This is Baseline. I'm here with the irritated Buddha, Scott Kaufman. Scott, you've been married now for how many months? I think it's just about a year. Wow. Yeah. Um, have you had to apologize for anything yet? I, I mean, I spend a lot of time apologizing. <laughs> and, I, and rightfully so. <laughs> it's... Yeah, apologizing is a thing right now. It's a huge thing right now in our society. People are apologizing for everything. Every time they get in trouble, it's an apology. The latest is Roger Goodell issuing a statement um, about how the NFL condemns racism and the systematic oppression of black people and how they were wrong for not listening to NFL players, Colin Kaepernick, and how they encouraged people to speak out and peacefully protest. Hmm. Yeah, but that didn't sound all that genuine to me. It never does. Look, the commissioner is a businessman. He, he's here, period, for business. Mm -hmm. He gets paid, like, what, $1.1 million a year per team. Yeah, 32 teams. So he gets about $35 million a year, give or take. Yes. Okay. So he has to stand in front of the train. Where's Jerry Jones? Where, where's Dan Snyder? Where are the owners saying, look, people, we fucked up a little bit? That's not, that's, that's his job. That's why he gets paid. He doesn't run a basketball or a football. So that's his job to sit out there in front. He's the, he's got to be the front man. It doesn't seem genuine because look, the Cowboys are not an NFL football team. They're a world team. Mm -hmm. They're, they are America's team. There's, they say there's a couple of teams that are world teams mm -hmm. and the Cowboys are one of them. Yeah, And when Jerry Jones sits on his hands while all this shit's going on, inaction is, is an action. Oh, absolutely. He's if telling the world what he really thinks. And even if he came out now and said something, my take, mm -hmm. he already said what he needed to Silence say. Silence is compliant. But the commissioner has done a total 180 from where they were a few months ago when he sat down with Jay-Z and said that they were past kneeling. But at least now they're saying they were wrong in not defending Colin Kaepernick's position and stance that he took in his silent protest. But still, that's not that big of an apology. Now, Drew Brees, on the other hand, he really had to apologize because he fumbled. I mean, we're talking Leon Lett goal line fumble. He was asked a question about uh, the protests that are going on now for George Floyd. And he immediately turned the question into a personal take, meaning he took it back to Colin Kaepernick and kneeling for the flag, kneeling for the anthem. I'm going to, I'm going to counter this point. <clears throat> Good. The unpopular opinion of the day. <laughs> so <clears throat> I understand all sides of this particular argument because 
I've had this debate with about a thousand people. Mm-hmm. The conservative spin, which is merely a spin and it's based entirely in fiction, okay. was that the kneeling was somehow a disgrace to the flag. That Trump spun this thing so that... That's what they do. So that the kneeling in protest to the behavior of, of the authority mm-hmm. was was for Trump's political benefit into a disgrace to the flag. That's how he that's how he positioned it. Yes. The people that didn't do basic research to understand were like, "Oh, well the leader is telling us that it's a disgrace to the flag." So it must be. So it must be a disgrace to the flag. So the reason why Drew Brees said this is ignorance. He didn't say it because he has a beef with Colin Kaepernick or or anything like this. The reason he said it is because he fell for the trap, which is what's so scary for me when the president lies 20,000 times in three and a half years that we know about. How many people are believing those lies? That's that's one part of it. That's one take. And the thing about, so Colin Kaepernick, originally was just sitting down when the anthem was going. And he talked to an ex-Green Beret named uh, Nate Boyer. Was he a kicker or something? How did he know the guy? He know he knew him somehow. He was a former long snapper. Right, okay. For the Seahawks. Sure. And so Nate comes up to Colin and says, you know, because Colin was getting a lot of flack for just sitting down during the anthem. So... He said they they got together and he said, well, what's what's a better way to address the situation that won't be disrespectful for the for the anthem, for the flag? And Nate goes, if you kneel, that's a that shows a sign of respect for the flag and still allows you to have the silent protest. And then Trump spun it. Didn't they used to kneel for the national anthem until like 20 years ago? Wasn't that a thing? I don't know if they did. They just started coming out to the national anthem. They didn't even right. come oh, out. Right. Oh, they were in. They were in. They're in, the, they're in the dugout in, in the, the uh, right. in the locker rooms. They didn't even come out. And then the NFL made a partnership with the U.S. military, and that's why we have this whole thing. Hey, yo! What up, LA? You're listening to the number one podcast for LA prep sports and all things LA, and the only one that goes hard in the paint each and every time. This is baseline. What's the over-under Colin Kaepernick gets the Nobel Peace Prize? I th- I'm going to go, I'm gonna go over, over 75%. I think it's got to be closer to 90 I mean, this guy went from being, you know, a pretty good quarterback. He went to the Super Bowl. To Martin Luther King. <laughs> <laughs> now, now here's, here's the thing. Would you want to go back? He has more to lose coming back. Oh, I wouldn't go back. I wouldn't go back no at way. all. No way. No way. He's a he's a fucking legend. He's done. So does the NFL come out and apologize directly to Colin? If the NFL's smart, they let this thing play out, and the entire league retires number seven and makes him a fucking folk hero. I love it.
And now for some LA Prep basketball news. Brandon Boston Jr. and Zaire Williams from Sierra Canyon were presented with their McDonald's All-American jerseys this week. The game, which was scheduled for June 1st in Houston, was canceled due to the coronavirus pandemic. Unfortunately, we weren't able to see your last prep game, but we look forward to a promising college careers from both of you young men and even to the next stage in the NBA. Good luck. Nobody's perfect. Nobody. Right. We are humans. You're going to have errors. You're going to have lapses in judgment. It happens. <laughs> you know, I have to admit, when I was... You were in blackface? Hold on. I was <laughs> 10... 10 or 11 years old, and I went to, for Halloween as Flavor Flav. <laughs> yeah, boy! So I had a green jumpsuit on. Uh, uh, this color, what color is this? Like, neon. neon, yellow yeah. hat. I had the clock, and then I had brown. Oh. I did. Oh. But I was like 10. So am I going to, am I now a horrible person? Because I, and by the way, there's a picture somewhere. <laughs> well, and my brother, but, the same year, was dressed as Michael Jackson, and Mida also had it. Wow! Like, did you not think that people would have got that you were Michael Jackson without doing, or Flavor Flav without? I was ten. <laughs> what? No. Um, so blackface was never a good thing. Let's let's agree okay. with that. But ten years old, you didn't know any better. You know, what are you gonna do? Yes, you weren't you weren't in college and you weren't a senator standing, you know, up there. I was ten. Yeah, can you be a better person going forward? I think that's the bigger ask. And we're not even talking about Megan Thee Stallion ask. We're talking about Taylor Swift ask. So this goes to the apology thing. I think there needs to be room today for heartfelt apology for bad for for the behavior of all the parties here, mostly. The blue party. Well, one of my biggest ideologies about racism is that America has never apologized for their actions in being involved. As a result, it's like anything else. When you don't when you don't identify the problem or acknowledge the error, mm-hmm. you can never get past it, truly get past it. So whenever I hear these companies or corporations that blunder and do these half-hearted apologies. And I don't believe them. Now, we talked about Drew Brees doing an apology. Do we believe him? The Drew Brees thing is, it's maybe a little confusing for me because I can't, I mean, is it possible that he really thought it was about the flag? Yes. Even though Kaepernick literally said in his own words, it's not about the flag. Yeah. He believes that he's dissing the flag. But his apology was, everybody pardon me now, uh, excuse this because I'm doing this cliche. He was so tone deaf that he wasn't even looking at what was happening in the world today. A reporter's asking him, hey, what do you think now? Like, you see all this stuff happening in the world. What's your take on it? You know, somebody's protesting now. Mm-hmm. And he went, goes to the flag. Instead of taking a moment, acknowledging and understanding the situation that is happening in America today. He didn't go there. He, and then he had to apologize because he realized, you know, his blunder. I kind of, a, I felt his apology. I felt like, I don't think Drew's a racist, even though he hangs out with Donald Trump. 
But I, I, I mean, I, I think Tiger Woods also hangs out with Donald Trump I, and Kanye. Kanye's different story. <laughs> <laughs> I always trip out to myself, like, what if Kanye's right? Have you ever thought about? Have you ever? <laughs> I've gone down that. I've gone down that rabbit hole so many times. I've gone down. What if Kanye was really just trying to get people out of jail? So he was like kissing up to Trump for a way bigger plan, way bigger scheme. And his idea of free thinking was real. And I've gone down the rabbit hole and people have like crucified me for taking that stance. They, I have an there opinion. You go. I have an opinion and they like, there you you're go. absolutely wrong. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just giving you my it, opinion. Is, is the major problem that we as a society just are looking for reasons to make everyone wrong? Is I, that the biggest problem? I absolutely agree with that. I, I think people want to be right. And whatever they, they, their side, they want to stick their chest out. They want to just say, I, I told you. I, I think that people are obsessed with the pursuit of happiness. And that can come in any form. So when you're in your ego, which is your sense of self, which needs to be fed, which is a part of you that needs to be fed, which is the taking in of happiness. Mm -hmm. So that looks like I'm right. You're wrong. I'm proven right. That makes me happy. Yes. I see a computer that I like. I buy the computer. It makes me happy. You see? So it's it's a hedonistic cycle. Uh, cycle. I see how stuck in ego the world that we live in today is. Mm -hmm. It's sort of terrifying. If happiness and fulfillment work the other way. I'm happy and fulfilled, and I then want to infect you with that happiness of fulfillment rather than me taking it in, me pushing it out. Yes. That probably cures all of it, like actually cures it. Well, that has, then you have to be empathetic and you have to be earnest and you have to be fulfilled, you know, fulfilled already or without fulfillment. Doing yeah, without, without that, right? right? You have to be willing to give it to somebody else. Instead of taking it, is what you're saying. If we worked on the, I call it the magnet inside of us, and then share it, like, you become the thing that makes the happiness. Yeah, yeah. I love it. And I think, you know who's doing that? USC. Fuck yeah. Welcome back to Reggie Bush, by the way. And welcome back to USC not being a bunch of fucking idiots. <laughs> not being a bunch of little bitches. I mean, dude, like from the admissions thing to SC to Sark <laughs> to Kiffin to somehow somehow uh, Pete Carroll's outcasted. Like, yeah. Huh? Pete Carroll took you from oblivion to the upper echelon of college football. Mount fucking Sinai. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was literally Moses. He took him to Mount Sinai, and he didn't even get to sit there and glow in the shit. They died on the mountain. <laughs> yeah, kicked him out. He had to leave. He had to, he had to run. Yeah. The shit was going down. I had to run, too, though. Yeah, shit Fuck was going down. <laughs> Yo, Lance Swan is out. Yeah, Ed Orajan was out. He, he see, they, hey, they, that was a great, great job letting him go. Yeah, they said he wasn't a winner. <laughs> Duh, <laughs> fuck that one up. <laughs> Yesterday, USC announced that they were welcoming back Reggie Bush to the family, and I just think it was about time. That's one apology that I truly think all SC fans will embrace and welcome, dude. 
make him the athletic director now. That would be amazing. If that dude walks into the house of a recruit. Oh, you're signing up. Done. Number five. That's it. Number five's in your living room. Done. He knows what's up. Anywhere in the world. He just walks in. What's up, guys? Okay, let's go. But he was, he was so infectious. He was so exciting to watch on the field. And, I mean, he did things. He had speed. He had power. He had charisma. Um, you know, good-looking dude. It's good. It's good to see him back. I'm really excited for him. I'm curious to see, you know, if he has any hard feelings about the thing. Because, well, do they give him his Heisman back now? I don't know. I think they. I think it would make a lot of fucking sense. OJ still has his. Hey, yo, LA. What's up? This is Parday. I'm your host of Baseline. You got an LA prep story you want to share? Then hit me up at PB underscore Baseline. I'll make sure to announce it on the next episode. All right. Let's get back to the show. Peace. Is is the Reggie Bush thing, where does that rank in the NCAA blunders? It's one of, it may be the biggest one. Because of the scope of who he was? Yeah, because, and, and, and just the, the crime, it didn't fit, it didn't fit what they considered to be a crime. Um, his father just got a loan for a house. He got a 10-year-old Impala, too. Oh, and an Impala. Come on. I mean... It was not egregious. Yeah. A couple of years before that, a bunch of players at Wisconsin got in trouble for, like, shoes. Then at oh, UCLA, remember the handicap Ohio, Ohio State with tattoos. Like, dude. First of all, here's a secret. Every top college athlete is getting paid you better. Million. You better pay me. I just watched He Got Game last night. Jesus got paid. <laughs> Jesus Shuttlesworth. <laughs> Fuck, I haven't seen that movie in forever. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, but you have to get you have to give these kids something, some some incentive other than just facilities, right? right. You know, you it's got to be gear. It's got to be a little cash in their locker post game. Um, How much money is the average? Uh, physicists or physics student on a full scholarship bringing into uh, Ohio State? Uh, let's say zero dollars. How much did Nick Bosa bring into Ohio <laughs> State? <laughs> Shit. I mean, yeah, it's it's astronomical. It's, it's, it's not even a comparison, right? It's not even, you can't even compare those two. Nowadays, high school students can't go directly to the league. They never could do it in football because it was they weren't strong enough. It's dangerous. It's really dangerous, right? For baseball, you go to you can go to AAA, AA, um, so you're getting paid. Basketball, the last person to go from high school to the league is LeBron, and they not they're not years ago almost. Yeah, they're not doing it anymore. Um, so one of the things that I see a new top 10 recruit, Mikey Williams, is actually thinking about instead of going to the G League, instead of going to a big time university, he's considering going to an historical black college and university 
which for me, I'm HBCU alumni. For me, I think it's great. And I'll tell you why. LeBron was able to change, literally change the game, I, I, you know, by going to the league. He's going to be the hot. He's going to have the most points ever scored in the league. He's he will have his imprint. Is he really? He will. He's going to pass uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Wow. So and the last time the and speaking of Kareem, did you know that while Kareem was in college, they outlawed the dunk? The dunk. Sure, it was too easy for him. Yeah. I don't, I mean, other than any other player has made such an impact on the game. Someone they moved the three-point line for. Yeah, I think that, yeah, they moved the three-point line. So, I mean. I think Wilt, they changed something, too. Those are, that's it. That's amazing. You know, for Michael, they stopped hand-checking. They, you know, they, they thought it was too dangerous. They wanted people, they wanted the athletes to be able to, like, move around and be able to actually play. It's such a beautiful game. It's like ballet, right, in the air. So I think this, taking this bold chance for this kid will actually change how players how players look at going to college or look at the, the schools they select. Yeah, I think I think it's, first of all, this is, an instance of star power affecting change in a real um, intentional way. It's not, it's not, none of it's by accident. It doesn't feel, it feels genuine. It feels real. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like a stunt. Right. Um, I think that's really important to say early and often because it will be framed as a stunt uh, by those who are still in. Well, by the people of say it's an unpopular opinion, right? Why, you know, I, I said, I had this idea for the, for a movie, this same concept mm-hmm. of like a fab five, you know, high school students, if they took all their, because they're all in AAU, right? They're all on AAU teams from all over the country and they all are friends. So what if, Five players, you know, went to FAMU or to Howard or to Clark Atlanta University and went deep into the tournament. Everybody would, you know, that's a that's a movie, right? And that also changes the trajectory of that school forever. Well, financially, mm-hmm. you're that's financially, it's a brilliant move for injecting money into the black community yeah and uh, you know if because the hbcus don't get a slice of that tournament pie right you know or if they do it's like a percent or the tv revenue think yeah. if they're going up and playing mm-hmm. against michigan or wisconsin or or gonzaga exactly like that's the money in college basketball and think about and these kids you know they're they're not staying for an entire year you know like ben simmons who didn't even make the tournament at LSU, but when the tournament was over in March, he was out. He was already going. To, he was going to the league. Well, he was because he wanted to get with that Kardashian girl <laughs> or the Jenner girl. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you got to get on with it. Got to right? get on, dude. I got I got things to do. 
things to do, player. But I think it's a I think it's a very interesting move. You know, I I love the way that the smaller schools are actually competing with these powerhouses like your Kentuckys, your Syracuses. You know, now uh, if you stay four years, you have a chance to actually win to win the tournament to make a name for yourself uh, because you're going up against kids that you know are 18 year olds. And I think if if a kid with star power actually goes to an HBCU, he's going to impact that school that school's legacy. He's going to impact the way the kids look at their next, you know, their college opportunity, their college uh, career. Mm-hmm. I think all those things are super important. And when you know they're going to get to the league, obviously, he's he's going to always carry. He's going to have. Um, a torch that he's lit. He's gonna he's gonna be the pioneer of that. He's gonna shine light into it. Absolutely right. And I think it's important. And um, he's gonna give he's gonna give future athletes permission to examine other possibilities. To have an unpopular opinion. Right. <laughs> All right. So that's our episode for the day. Um, we talked about apologies. We talked about USC welcoming back Reggie Bush. We talked about Mikey Williams making a unpopular opinion and going to an HBCU. Uh, and we talked about what? What else did we talk about? We said it all. We said it all. Um, I'm with Scott Kaufman, the Irritated Buddha. Scott, you want to talk about your website? You want to? It's still not up, so I'm just going to keep coming here and bugging you people. But it's on Instagram, at uh, Irritated Buddha. It's got, like, zero followers. Let's see if we can get uh, Parday's audience to get it up to a million by the end of the weekend. Let's go. Um, I really haven't pushed anything yet uh, because I'm lazy. I love it. And you know me... <clears throat> And you know me, I'm at PB at underscore PB underscore baseline uh, on Twitter. And you always can get at me at BLEAV.com. That's PB at BLEAV.com. This is Baseline LA. Make sure you subscribe, like, and share with a friend. All right. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.